Well, hello and welcome inside the Inside Source here at Abilene Christian University. I'm Joseph Chapa, joined by two new guests, Carrie Johnston and Sawyer Davis. And as we do on this show, we want to give our new guests their first segment all to themselves, introducing them, what they do for ACU TV, what they would like to do going forward, and just some of their best memories and experiences for ACU TV. So, Carrie, we're going to start with you. Who are you? What do you do for ACU TV? And tell the audience bit about you. Okay, yeah. So my name is Carrie. I'm a junior journalism major. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Some of the things I do for ACU TV, it really varies, but the main big three things that I do, I'm a s- associate director, so I mainly run timeouts. I'm a break coordinator, stuff like that. I also do producing, which means like I've done a lot of production stuff for the ACU TV election show that we did back in 2020. I'm now in line to start doing some producing for the Brett Tanner and the Julie Goodenough show, which I'm personally really excited about. Plus, I've been able to produce a couple of features that we've done on the athletes at ACU. And then also, along, kind of going along with the feature thing, I'm on their talent. So whether that be me anchoring features, interviewing athletes, or being a sideline reporter, which is honestly, personally, one of my favorite things that I get to do, um, th- uh, that's sort of what that looks like. So those are kind of the three different roles that I fit at ACU TV right now. Awesome. How about you, Sawyer? Yeah, and uh, I'm Sawyer Davis. I'm a freshman journalism major at ACU. Um, I also work for ACU TV. I, I've done a few things over the uh, past semester that I've been here. Um, I've done anything from honor talent, you know, as Carrie said, at hosting, you know, volleyball games, basketball games, soccer games. That was the first for me was soccer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, on air talent, and uh, I've worked a camera a few times, and and that's a lot of fun, especially being you know in the in the arena and in the environment of the you know whole sports uh, event. And so uh, I've also been in the control room a few times, and so. Uh, I've been working on stuff like, uh, as Carrie said, I've been working with her on the Brett Tanner and Julie Goodenough show, and that's a lot of fun. So uh, really, uh, they do a great job here at ACU TV. The, the program is just, just incredible what they're able to do here. Hutton Harris does a <laughs> fantastic job. And so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ACU TV is just so awesome. I mean, that's even an understatement within itself. It's just so fantastic. And for us freshmen, I mean, just to jump out the gun, like right out the gate from high school, fresh out of summer, like first day of Wildcat week or something along those lines. I mean, we were just kind of thrown into the pile. We learned a lot and we learned from, you know, juniors and seniors like you, Carrie. And we'll start with you, Sawyer, and then we'll go with Carrie is, you know, of course, freshman year, second semester. Going forward, what are some of the things that you would like to accomplish, whether it's this semester, or going forward, how would you like to continue to improve your career here at ACU TV and the JMC department as a whole? Well, here's the thing, Joseph, and it's really interesting. My, my senior year of high school, I had no interest in being a journalism major. Wow. I had no interest in, in broadcasting or whatever. And then, uh, you know, my senior year, they asked me to announce our high school basketball games. And so, you know, I had a little fun with that. I, I got to, you know, do voices or whatever, and, and it was a lot of fun. And I was like, you know what? I can kind of see myself doing this. And so uh, my sister, who was also a JMC student here at ACU um, and worked for ACU TV back when it was in its, in its developing stages, um, she, she introduced me to all this, and uh, she introduced me to Hutton. And I talked to Hutton, and I was like, hey, man, like, I'm kind of getting into this new thing. And he's like, have I got a spot for you? <laughs> so, and, and he showed me to all these things and, and this cool stuff that they do and showed me all the promo videos. And I was just like, wow, like there's so much that goes into this that I had no idea. 
And uh, he was like, well, I have a job for you if you want. You can work for ACTV. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't know. My freshman year, probably not. You know, I'll just have to, you know, lay low and see what, what's to offer and whatever. And he's, and the best advice he ever gave me was don't wait. Like, you want to jump into this right now. And sure enough, I did. And I, I've just fallen in love with, with everything that's involved. So with that, I hope to, you know, continue all this and uh, hopefully go into sports broadcasting one day. You know, I, I would love to you know, work for a big, you know, yes, sports company, yes. ESPN, Fox, CBS, you know, yes. and, and just, you know, go out and call live games or work for a big studio. And, and, and that would be so much fun. And so that's the dream we're kind of living with now. Awesome. Carrie? Yeah, for me, uh, being able to work at ACU TV for now two and a half years has been an incredible blessing. I think back to whenever I first came here, I wasn't even interested in journalism or broadcast. I was a nursing major. Wow. I was a nursing Huge major whenever I first came to ACU. But I got I heard about ACU TV through my sister who was in the department at the same time and was also part of the start of ACU TV and she's like, Hey, you should reach out to Hutton. You should maybe work here and I was like okay, I love sports. I played sports all in high school. Let's give it a shot. So I got hired. Hutton took a chance on me. And ever since then, I've switched to journalism. I now want to go into the sports industry, which is incredibly exciting, but also incredibly ch um, challenging, yeah. which I'm excited to face the challenge. Um, for me, like, goals as I continue to work at ACU TV just to keep on growing and keep on getting better at what I do whether it be in associate directing or in producing or just being on-air talent and whenever I graduate since that's coming up really quick for me for some reason <laughs> um, a couple things I've always thought about doing like the dream would be to work for ESPN and be on Sports Center yes. and just talk about like the top 10 plays because I grew up watching that stuff as a kid but also whether it be working in a broad broadcast studio with one of the big companies like you said, Sawyer, with Fox, ESPN, or CBS, that would be really cool. But also, like, part of me was like, what if I work with a professional organization in the, like, media with, like, their media relations and stuff like that? So sort of that's kind of what I'm thinking after I graduate. But thankfully, ACU TV has given me the time, the skill set and the ability to continue to grow and to get better to potentially pursue that career whenever I graduate, which is, again, really, really exciting for me. I never thought I would be doing this like three years ago, but now here I am. Yeah. Hey, great stories, guys. It was great to get to know you. And it's awesome working with you guys. Almost, it seems like almost every single day producing. Now we're in basketball season and we're going to get into that here into our next segment, talking about both the men and women's ACU basketball programs and what's going on in each of those programs and how they continue to get better and make some noise in the conference, heading into the conference tournament later on in the coming months in Las Vegas. We'll break that down right after the break. All right, and welcome back. And today we are going to be diving in. It's been NFL, NFL, NFL here in the Inside Source, and rightfully so because it is a playoff season. But we cannot forget our home. We can't forget where we come from, where we are, and what we do as for a career, and that's ACU. And right now it's all about ACU basketball. We're going to be starting with the women's program and what's been going on with them. I know they've been struggling with some COVID implications, but they've battled back, and that comeback against New Mexico State Aggies. That was, I know you're excited, Karen. 
very oh, very yeah. excited. Break I've, that down for us. Yeah, for me, just watching that game is really excited. I've had the privilege, along with working at ACU TV, to work as Optimus as the co-sports director, and my maiden beat right now is the women's basketball team. And so just being able to watch them over the past season be able to grow and develop has been really cool. But just watching that New Mexico State game was absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, they had been dealing with so much hardship and controversy. They were missing so many players um, over the past couple weeks because of COVID. Three of their starters, including Jamie Von Aarons and Cameron Mraz, who have been two really big point makers for their team, finally starting to get back into the lineup a little bit. And for a minute there, they kind of had me a little scared. I was, (laughs) whenever we were down 19 in the third quarter, I was like, "Uh, uh uh-oh, what are we going to do? Like, we're starting to run out a little bit of time, but Julie Goodenough was able to pull her team together like she's always been able to do. And thanks to Bella Whirl and those two in ones to end the third, we were able just to take off from there. And just to see them make a comeback like that is so exciting. And it shows like really the potential of the team that they really don't get down on themselves and they are confident in themselves, which is something that me and Coach Goodenough have talked about a lot in our interviews. So it was just really cool to see the grit of its determination that I know that the team has from talking to them out in full display and for our fans to see too. The fact that we were able to do that in a home game too was yeah. really, really amazing and special. So it's just, that was such a really exciting game and such a turning point, I feel like, for them. Now they're 4-2 and two in conference, fourth ranked team in the conference. They're in a pretty good spot. They still have a little bit more growing to do, a little bit more potential that they can reach, but I'm excited to see how they continue to grow over the next month, month and a half, leading up to the conference tournament, where I 100% think they're going to make some noise and make some impact. Sorry? Well, actually, yeah, I had the uh, privilege to be the sideline reporter for that game, and uh, that was just so electric in the the last few, you know, minutes, and in the fourth quarter especially. And, you know, uh, uh, New Mexico State, I mean, hands up to them like they they have some players on that team you know they had uh, uh their graduate transfer from Oklahoma State KB Sar she was just she was a beast to say the least and uh she you can really see like coming from a big school what she brings you know in that high level of competition uh to to a not incredibly smaller school that like Oklahoma uh, like New Mexico State but uh you know a, a little smaller school and uh, you can see the competitive nature that she brings and uh she really was a dominant force in that uh, in that uh, New Mexico State offense, yep. and uh, just to see you know our girls never really got down on themselves. You know, you talk about Coach Goodenough and what she brings to that team. Uh, at the day before, when I was you know in the intigue and practicing my you know my stories and 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 whatnot, uh, they were in there practicing, and and Goodenough just had that team captivated. Like, and she she is just a great job and this is just why she's a great coach yeah. it, she does a great job at just kind of getting those girls in the game and keeping their heads in the game and 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 that's just incredible uh, for any coach and so really props to her and it's just impressive what she does at that program and down 19 in the third quarter to a really good New Mexico State team you know a lot of teams I, I would definitely get my head down and I would say you know what we're not gonna win but they never did and thanks to you know uh, star players in that game like Bella Earl. You know, I I I'm have the great privilege to be friends with yeah. Bella Earl. Uh, live in the same dorm room or live in the same dorm complex. So uh, it, I've never seen her down on herself ever. She's always yeah. positive. She's always got a little upbeat personality, 
And so I think that's uh, that really helps her on the court. Mm-hmm. She she never gets down on herself, and she's always pers- per- she always perseveres to uh, be her best. And I think that's really what is positive things about her game. So. It's positive things about her game, and she's been one of the freshmen of the year for this squad. And again, one of the things that makes her game special is that she's just a hustle player. I mean, not only, yes, she can score, she can defend and pass, but she's just all active on the court 24-7 no matter if if it's a missed shot because you know sometimes in basketball you shoot a shot you miss it you're like oh man you lose your confidence a little bit it's just kind of let's jog back on defense not Bella I mean it's constant sprints constant hustle constant you know looking on the field uh looking on the court excuse me for that court vision that's what makes her and the team special and now again as as you guys talked about is they were battling some struggles within the program with with COVID and of course I think every team in the in the WAC and really in the country as well, just because of how severe this pandemic has been, and especially in the collegiate sports. But now going forward, I mean, I think that game really has shifted the momentum for ACU women's basketball, and they just got to stay consistent, stay positive, and that's that's really been the recipe for success. And the last couple points with Carrie, and, and then we'll end with you, Sawyer. Going forward, what do you see here in ending the month in January, kind of heading into the last second half, then February, and almost that conference tournament yeah um they women's has a really big weekend this weekend um they're playing seattle university in seattle and then they go down to the number one team in the conference to play cal baptist the regular season champs last year i believe and i'm not sure if they won the tournament i can't recall off the top of my head at the moment but that is going to be another really big test for for them because we've kind of struggled a little bit against some of the top teams in the western athletic conference i mean as we should because Stephen F. Austin and Grand Canyon are amazing. So it, it'll be really good to see, especially after that game and that confidence filler that was that New Mexico State game. It'll be really interesting to see how we will be able to square up against a team like Cal Baptist and get a good comparison of like, okay, how might we be able to pair against them if we come up against them in the tournament and stuff like that. And then from there, just we're pl- going to be playing more of the Texas teams again. So we'll have another shot at at Sam Houston, we'll be playing um, Stephen F. Austin again, all of those teams. So it'll be really interesting to see if we are able to stay consistent and, again, use that game as a big spark to help us continue throughout the rest of the season and maybe surprise some doubters and maybe get a top three or two or three seed in the conference, maybe even uh, a four seed. Also, I would be happy with that too. But I would be really, really shocked and happy if we ended up the – going into the tournament with the third seed. I'm not sure if we'll be able to get first or second, but if we get third, I feel like that's very doable for us. That would be awesome. And I and I, I would agree with you, Carrie, in saying that you know they have a huge momentum boost after that New Mexico State game, uh, coming back 19 points in the, in the fourth quarter to win the game. And so that's really going to help them on this two-game uh, road trip going to first Seattle University. And, and that is a long trip. Seattle is not close. So I'm really interested in seeing how they will come over, uh, overcome that adversity. And then going to Cal Baptist, which is also a fantastic team. And, uh, you know, this is ACU's first, first year in the WAC. And the WAC is just loaded with talent. And most people would look at this conference and say, oh, they're just little schools. Well, yeah, they are. But they bring so much competitiveness, almost more than, you know, a Power 5 conference. And so, but uh, I'm proud of our girls, and I really do think they have what it takes to you know, bring competitive nature to other schools like this that they've never seen before. So going Cal Baptist and then 
coming back home on the 27th uh, to play UTRGV, little hometown for you, yep, Joseph. Yep. Uh, and coming back to Teague that day, and and I really do think they'll be they'll it'll be a great rest of the season for them, finishing out the conference and hopefully getting the highest seed they can to uh, you know go on and win the thing. It will. It will be awesome to watch, even from the road, on ESPN Plus and things of that nature. And speaking of the toughness of the whack. Um, I mean, there's just so many great mid-major teams. And a team like New Mexico State now shifting to the men's basketball program, I mean, they are on the brink of just really being that Power 5 talented school. I mean, they are just that good. You have teams like Stephen F. Austin, Grand Canyon University, who are some of the best in the country. And we cannot forget, even though they are on a, on a four-game losing streak, that ACU men's basketball is still one of the best mid-major teams, actually one of the best teams in the country on defense, hustle plays, turnovers, and things of that nature. And now Thursday night, they play here at the Teague, Seattle University, who is also undefeated, who's undefeated, excuse me, because I was thinking fours. And so it's a battle of the fours right here. So it's Seattle with a four-game win streak coming off of an overtime thriller against Cal Baptist and ACU on a four-game losing streak. You know, sometimes some fans, some critics are kind of saying, oh, well, you know, I knew it. It was the whack. It's tough. And ACU, you know, and Coach Tanner alludes this, and and this is just so inspiring. It's so awesome. It's a locker room full of winners. Carrie, what do you see for this men's team? Yeah, I mean, this is the first time that the men's has seen a little bit of adversity in a little while because, sure, there was some adversity in the Southland, but, I gosh, I can't remember our record last um, during Southland Conference play, but obviously we were undefeated at yeah. home, finished um, as the top seed versus Nichols, and then obviously we went on to beat Nichols. This is the first time that the men's team has faced some adversity as far as I've been here in watching them play, which has, has been really interesting. So, And granted, in my opinion, they just got done with the toughest part of their schedule, yeah. having to play Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, and uh, both at home, both tough games, and then – Right after that, the next week, they have to go to the, probably the two toughest environments to play in the WAC at Grand Canyon University. Uh, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the videos of their fans and their student section there. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. And then also going to New Mexico State, who is undefeated at home throughout their whole head coach's career. That's like absolutely insane. So they just got done with the toughest part of their schedule, in my opinion. And now it's going to be really interesting to see, and I think they'll be able to do this against Seattle and hopefully against Cal Baptist. Um, Hopefully we'll get to see them bounce back a little bit because um, so far from what I've gone from Coach Tanner, from players, they don't want to dwell on the losses. They want to keep on continuing and keep growing, and they're confident in themselves just like the women's team. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they bounce back from this and how they will prove themselves to be better as they head into Thursday night's matchup. And then, again, to the students, again, to some people who are doubting us, like, again, toughest part of their schedule. Mm-hmm. It's a new head coach. Everybody's still trying to figure things out a little bit. I don't lose confidence yet. They're, they're, every team faces adversity. And so it's gonna, what really matters is, is how you overcome that adversity and how you learn from that adversity. So it's going to be really great to see how they bounce back um, how they play on Thursday, and I think that's also going to be a really big indication on how the rest of conference play is going to go for ACU. One thousand percent, they just got done with the toughest part of their schedule. Um, you see, you, they lost four of the last five games, and uh, really the only one that wasn't 
close was GCU. Mm. And uh, I have a really good friend who is a student manager for the basketball team. And he said the environment at GCU is insane. Mm-hmm. They, he said, you know, the night before they go in there and they have a little shoot around. And the night before, students were camping out. Uh, outside the stadium to get in and so they just they pack that thing and they go wild and wear costumes and so I think anywhere else we play GCU we beat them Uh, but uh, that environment's just crazy tough to play in they do a great job down there in in, in Phoenix and so uh, lost that game and then New Mexico State is just a dominant powerhouse in my opinion and uh, with that New Mexico State and Sam Houston Sam Houston are moving to Conference USA to a bigger better competition as they as they say and so uh, you have teams like that playing in, in, in a smaller conference like this. I think uh, you, you expect to have them, uh, you know, kind of overpower you. But I don't think we got overpowered. I think Coach Tanner uh, does a great job at keeping his, keeping his guys in it, just exactly. like Coach Goodenough does. And he's been with that team long enough to, you know, know their personalities. And, you know, this is his first year as head coach, but it's, it's really not. He, he, he knows the players. He knows the personnel. And now he's just uh, in charge. Now he's in the big seat. And, and I really like that for our team. I really like Coach Tanner. And I feel like uh, going forward with the rest of the season, uh, Thursday we have Seattle here. I really feel like he knows what it's going to take um, to overcome those, you know, those, four, those four flukes, I would say. Uh, but I'm really excited for the rest of the season and what Coach Tanner has to bring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys, I – you know, a million percent agree, <laughs> uh, is that this was the, the toughest part of the season for this men's program. And Coach Tanner said this yesterday in his press conferences. He says that, you know, the the practice that they just had, because, of course, they were missing Arion Simmons, they were missing Logan McLaughlin, they are missing Fardas. And it's in the, the first practice back is he felt that this was, okay, now we're here. You know, let's, get, let's, let's, you know, jump the gun, course, let's come yeah. on, let, 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 mm-hmm. let, let things go. And now I think you, you go play against Seattle, who, again, they're not, you know, the, the toughest of the tough, but they are still competitive. They shoot lights out, and there's a correlation between ACU and threes. And it's if ACU gives up the three, they most likely, percentage-wise, analytic-wise, they end up losing. So, of course, we know the game plan. It's don't allow any threes. But going forward, again, I know, Carrie, you said this too, is don't lose faith. Have confidence. This is a tougher conference, and rightfully so, because ACU has earned that. ACU has earned the right to compete against the top dogs in, you know, yes, they are small mid-major schools, but they are some of the best in the country, whether it's at defense, at shooting, and and we can go on and on statistical categories, but they are going to put on a great game tomorrow, uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night, here at the Teague Center, and it's going to be great. ACU basketball, we're just still scratching the surface of of the middle of the season, and this is where games are defined as they prepare themselves to have good seasons in the heading for the conference tournament in Las Vegas. And yes, wrapping up our ACU basketball segment. Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL, but not about the playoffs. We're going to talk about another storyline that has been storming the media and the NFL fan bases, and that's been the coaching carousel. As we know, the regular season has ended with the playoffs now beginning, and coaches, uh, they get on the hot seat, and sometimes their offices get cleaned out as soon as that Week 18 game is finished. We're going to be diving into that in a little bit right after our break all right and welcome back to our last segment we just finished talking about acu basketball stay tuned for that it they are just so awesome programs so well coached stay tuned keep supporting them and keep the faith 
And now we're going to be talking about the NFL head coaching carousel, where there are a lot of teams that don't have faith in their head coaches. We're going to be talking, of course, you know, Mike McCarthy is not fired, hopefully yet, but we'll, we'll dive into that. We'll, we'll think about, you know, come up with some theories about who they should hire, things of that nature. But we're going to start with probably the, the coach that surprised the entire world. And that was the Miami Dolphins firing coach Brian Flores. I mean, I mean, I think, you know, ESPN, Fox Sports, all of these professionals and NFL insiders were shocked about what happened. Uh, Sawyer, we're going to start with you here. I mean, he was a good coach. He was, I mean, he's only been there a couple years. The Miami Dolphins look good this year. Of course, they missed the playoffs, but it was a tough division, tough conference within itself, but they look good. They've shown flashes of what they can be. What do you think? Uh, Brian Flores' third season with uh, Miami. And uh, really, they the Miami impressed me for for sure. They went nine and eight, and so uh, over the past you know four or five you know closer to ten years, uh, you haven't really seen anything from Miami. And and I think Brian Flores kind of is was on his way yeah. to reshaping that team. And uh, uh, unfortunately, didn't make playoffs, but a lot of teams didn't, obviously. So, uh, but the firing of Brian, Brian Flores shocked the world. I think in 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 the NFL, of course. And but with that, um, I think Brian Flores is not going to be a coach that will remain fired. Yeah. He he's a he's a great coach, and I think uh, uh, if team if if some NFL teams were smart, they'd pick him up real quick. Yeah. And so Brian Flores, um, along with other coaches, uh, he will you know he has the potential, and and if not, he's already at his potential. Yeah to, you know, reshape teams as he was doing with the Dolphins. And I feel like, you know, a few more years, Dolphins make playoffs. Next year even, if they if yeah. they had, would have kept Brian Flores. Uh, I don't think it's impossible without Brian Flores. I think they're, they're at a point now where, you know, they have young talent on that team and uh, they have a, a few promising draft picks coming up in the, in the next few years. And uh, I think the Dolphins will be okay. But Brian Flores, for sure, will find a new team fast. Fast. Hey, at Cowboys, just saying. I don't know. <laughs> Carrie, what do you think about the yeah, Dolphins situation? Uh, I I was found it really interesting why they would fire Flores, honestly. Again, it surprised me just as much as probably surprised everybody else who's an NFL fan. Um, I r- was reading a little bit about him before we head into this, and he's led the Dolphins um, to winning seasons for back-to-back seasons. His overall record was 24-25, to 25, and I was – reading this article here by NBC Sports, and um, it was the first time that the, t- that the Dolphins had had back-to-back winning seasons or winning seasons at all. I think it says since 2002 and 2003. So I just find that really interesting why they would make a move like that to f- fire him, which, again, disappoint- really disappointing for me because the Dolphins are finally starting to develop a little mm-hmm. bit, and they're just on the cusp of being a playoff team. And if it was – any other situation, say if it was like maybe a few years and like maybe they hadn't been successful, then maybe, but it was only three years. It takes time to develop a program and to develop an NFL team. So again, it is kind of shocking and I'm a little disappointed in the Miami Dolphins organization in doing that, but definitely with a good coach like Flores, you guys are 100% right. It'll be great. Hopefully we'll be seeing him again with a different team and helping them get back into a winning track record. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was probably the number one head coaching fire that shocked all of us. And the Dolphins, I mean, Tua, he's a nice quarterback. Of course, he was battling some injuries and, and battling some mechanical issues, but he is a nice quarterback going forward. They got some nice talent. They got some good draft capital. Hey, Miami, it's a beautiful place, beautiful organization. So they got that going for them. I'm going to name, uh, well, we're going we're gonna to name some coaches that we kind of expect. We're going to get fired. We can dive into them if we want, but I'm going to, and then before, after that, I'm going to say a name and then you guys are going to give me your thoughts on it and what happened in Houston. So let's go ahead and start with the Giants. Joe Judge. I mean, were we really surprised Joe Judge fired by the Giants? I I mean, mean, after a season like that, probably not. Not that mm -mm. surprised. Absolutely not surprised. Definitely. I I would enjoy to see New York have a good coach for a long time. I feel like they, if, the longer they keep a coach, maybe, you know, the better chance they have of getting that program turned around and back on its feet. You know, it was it was a great program back in the Eli Manning days, and <laughs> yes. so I would like to, I would like to see the Giants good again. I, I really do like that program, and so I would I would like to see them be successful with a new head coach. Yeah, and and they do need a leader. You know, it kind of reminds me of Tom Coughlin. They need that leader that stays consistent with them. You build it from the ground up. And Daniel Jones showed us, of course, he was injured for a lot of the season and battled that, but he showed us this season that he is also a nice quarterback. He's nothing to, wow, marvel at, but he is a nice quarterback. Saquon, when healthy, is one of the top backs. Again, receiving backs, rush, I mean running backs, in the league. And they've got some good pieces, good some good, good draft capital. Again, New York. Mecca of the uh, of the world. I mean, they got that going for them as well, and it would be nice to see them back in playoff contention. Uh, the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy, and they also fired their general manager. Uh, Carrie, what do you think? They were battling the quarterback situation all season, and now no head coach. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, they definitely need some time to rebuild. For me, I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan. <laughs> Fun fact about me: Cowboys fans, please don't come at me. Oh no. Um, but just. I love watching it whenever the Bears are competitive. Don't even though I hate the Bears, yeah. I love watching them competitive because that gives a good rivalry up north. So just seeing them struggle a little bit has been a little hard for me to watch because I mean, I want all the teams in the NFC North to be successful so that we can have a really good um um division and stuff like that. So I think with this um with the firing of their GM and their head coach, it 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 felt like a long time coming, and um, it will be interesting to see how they bounce back from this, who they bring on for this, and then hopefully to, for them to start growing and developing because, again, it, it, we love seeing good football teams. Exactly. So I really, really hope that with um, the Bears organization, they bring in the right people. I'm not sure who they'll bring in, but they'll bring in the right people, hopefully, in order to help put their organization back on track. And another nor- northern NFC rivalry to the Packers, the Minnesota Vikings fired Mike Zimmer, head coach, and they also fired their general manager, Mike Zimmer being there for, I believe, about maybe seven, seven, about seven, eight seasons. And he's been there for a while, a couple playoffs, uh, I believe a few few playoff victories, but nothing too special. Uh, what do you guys think about that? And Vikings, he's been there for a while now, changing of the guard. What do you guys think? Well, for me, it, it was also Matt Nagy and, and the Vikings head coach that – those fires also kind of shocked me. Matt Nagy was coach of the year three years ago yeah, in 2018, which was their last winning season, of course. And mm-hmm. so I, I can see as a, as a program and, and the people in the front office, they, they want to have more winning seasons. And when you don't have one, till, uh, um, when, when you don't have one uh, uh, the last one you had was 2018. Mm-hmm. I can see why you would want to you know, have a change and, 
in thought uh, at your head coach job. But uh, Matt Nagy, I just I, I love the way he coaches, man. But you know, when you don't have success, I can see it's it, it's time for change. And uh, in 2018, 12 and four in his first first year as head coach, coach of the year, and I think that's that's impressive for a coach to do. Um, so hopefully he's another one that finds a new home quick, and I think he will. Maybe not as a coach. I don't know. But uh, hopefully there's, there's a home for him somewhere, and I really do think there will. Um, moving on to the Vikings, um, I feel like that program hasn't really struggled as much as some of the others here that are also in the hunt for a head coach. Um, you know, the Vikings are a team that has a lot of talent, you know, at, at Justin Jefferson and, yeah. and Dalvin Cook, and I feel like – Whoever takes the reins of that program is going to be successful coming up in the next few years. I really expected um, Minnesota to be in a playoff spot this year, yeah. uh, especially, you know, it was it was a bitter loss to uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I'm a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and, you know, that, that last fourth quarter stretch, I thought they were going to pull it off, but, you know, Minnesota was, was the victor in that game. And so, but the things I saw in that game, that's really the only Vikings game I watched all season was, it was impressive. I was impressed at what I saw. And so that, that program is really promising to me. It is. And they're talented on both sides of the ball. And, and Chicago's really got potential at the quarterback position. And another team that we also, well, they fired this head coach in the middle of the season just because of how bad it got with off-the-field issues and within the organization. And that's Urban Meyer with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they got the first pick in the NFL draft, but they're on a head coaching search. What do you guys think? What should the answer be? Because they have the number former number one draft pick, Trevor Lawrence, is he a, a bus? Is he and, and all those questions just come up, but it all starts with the head coach. Carrie, what do you think? Yeah, um, again, they have a lot of potential there in Trevor Lawrence. Gosh, I loved seeing him play in college against Clemson. <laughs> He's such a talented player, and I think Jacksonville has a really good potential potentially to have him be their star for a while hopefully he's not a dud I hope Trevor Lawrence is not a dud if he's a dud I will cry <laughs> but um yeah again like you said it starts with a head coach and if you have a toxic coaching environment like it sounds like Jacksonville had with Urban Meyer there as the head coach obviously trying to regain steam after the whole thing that went down with Ohio State um that could cause a lot of issues and we saw the fruition of that this season so I just hope I have family in Jacksonville, so uh, loved love Jacksonville, love the city. Even I feel like it's criminally underrated sometimes, yes. but I just hope for the city of Jacksonville's sake and for the Jacksonville Jaguars organization um, that they do find that head coach that fits their need. Because I do believe that if when you get a little bit of development there, a little bit of growth, they have the potential to be a good team. It might take a a few years yeah. to get there but they definitely have the potential but now I think the big missing piece was that had is that head coaching position they thought they had found the guy with Urban Meyer with all the success he did <laughs> have at Ohio State but obviously that wasn't the case so it, finding that head coach that's going to be a big thing for the Jacksonville um, organization and the Jacksonville GM and all of their higher ups to really figure out because a good program starts with a good head coach, and if you don't have a good head coach, well, you saw what happened to Jacksonville this year. So yeah. it's going to be really important for them, especially moving forward, if they do want to be a successful team, to really nail down a good head coach. And with another team in their division, again, this was also kind of shocking news, but we also have to understand that this, when David Coley was hired uh, last season for the Houston Texans, it was kind of like, okay, this is kind of a temporary thing. You're not the guy. You're the guy for now. 
but you're just kind of a placeholder right now. We're going to let you go no matter what happens. Sorry, what do you think about what's happening in Houston? David Coley gone. Now there's some rumors they might hire Brian Flores. He's a front runner. They might, you know, Jared Mayo, former uh, Patriot linebacker. So what do you think is going to happen in Houston? What I'm seeing in Houston is a total deconstruction and rebuild. And, and I like that. I yeah. uh, Being from Texas, you know, you like Texas team. More of a Cowboys guy. Yep. But, you know, I still uh, favor, the, favor the Texans just because they're a Texas team. Um, you know, the things you see in Houston last year, you know, it, it, it almost seems like all of their star talent just left. That being J.J. Watt and uh, uh, D-Hop. And, you know, they haven't really had a stable quarterback in a, in a few years. And so... Uh, you you see them kind of leveling the playing field in, in in their in their management in their coaching and almost their players kind of and so you're you're gonna we're gonna see that over the course of the next few years is their whole just rebuilding and uh, I think I think that'll work out. Um, David Culley in the first season went four thirteen, not great, I understand, but his first season I didn't think was terrible yeah. as far as playing goes, so. I personally, I thought they they might keep him, I, but I'm really not as surprised to see them, you know, to see him go. I would really love Brian Flores there. I, I really think that would be he fits. It would it would be huge yeah. for for the yep. management there in Houston, and uh, you know, you also see I'm looking at this now. Uh, they're looking at Joe Lombardi and former uh, wide receiver Heinz Ward. Oh wow! I feel like Heinz Ward would be a cool fit there. That's out of left field. So. Um, but any anything that they do there, um, I'm hoping they go with Brian Flores, just in my personal opinion. Yeah, and you know now we're gonna open up because those were the, a lot of the head coaching carousels. What's going on in the league now? We're gonna open it up. Are there any head coaching news spots, firings, any people on the hot seat you guys have before I say a hot take about the Dallas Cowboys? I was actually going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys here. Okay, you guys ready to talk about the Cowboys? Let's talk about I the Cowboys. I think I know who we're about to talk about, and oh man, I have plenty to talk about with him. Let's do it. All right, so I got a hot take, and uh, this is going to be our, our, our last little take, and, and rightfully so, because I, I can't even fathom what happened with the Dallas Cowboys the past couple of days, this past weekend. I want, again, and we, we personally don't want him to be fired, but I want Coach Mike McCarthy and and Offensive Coordinator Kellen Moore gone and i think they should clean out their entire staff except for defensive coordinator dan quinn and i'm not a i'm not a a a dan quinn stand to where oh you gotta hire him as a head coach but the guys love him he performed well deserves to stay there and coach john facel special teams i know that's kind of weird to say but the cowboys were one of the best special team units in the league but that's what i believe i think that's what will help improve the dallas cowboys carry i know you're excited to talk about that what do you got to say yeah um as a Green Bay Packers fan who had Mike McCarthy as <laughs> their head coach for a while, um, he, this is going to sound mean. I, I might sound mean. He might start, be starting to become washed out, honestly. I feel like he hasn't been doing performing to the level that he has, obviously, whenever he was in, in his prime in Green Bay back in 2012, 2013. He's been a head coach for a long time. Don't get me wrong. He's done really great stuff for um, – a lot of programs, and I am forever grateful for him bringing a Super Bowl yes. to the Green Bay Packers. Back whenever I was in middle school, it was a great day to be a Packers fan. He took that one from the Steelers. I just want to, I just want to put that out there. Well, y'all didn't deserve it in oh, that instance. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm. It's just starting to get to the point where, like, obviously, 
our frustration started to hit whenever um, around, I got, gosh, 2017, 2018, I was like, okay, I'm done with Mike McCarthy. Yeah. He's done. And I didn't expect him to get a head coaching job from there, but then lo and behold, he ends up in Dallas and well, we've seen how that's gone. Yeah. So, uh, I can definitely see where you're coming from. He's definitely is a talented coach. I'm just not sure if he really has the gusto to really be in like the, what you need to be a head coach right yeah. now in the NFL. Sure. in the like 10 years ago, perfect but now i'm not so sure anymore because he's had struggles a little bit so i definitely 100 percent see where you're coming from whenever we talk about that here's the thing i i don't think he'll be fired i really don't because yeah. i think he has a very strong relationship with the jones family mm-hmm. and and jerry loves him and i think everybody knows that um his his two season record not great you know it's about it's about 50 50 and so but i do think after this season they, they keep him um, however, I don't know if Dan Quinn will stay on the uh, coaching staff for very long. I think uh, he's been interviewed or at least contacted by a lot of a lot of these teams that don't have a head coach. Yeah. And I feel like now that uh, that people are in the hunt for good coaches, I think Dan Quinn, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him stay in Dallas. I think he, he's great. And I think, you know, here in the next few years, y'all, y'all might get to the Super Bowl. I, I really hope so. I thought it was going to be this year. So, uh but uh, Dan Quinn is looking like he might not stay if he wants a head coaching job. Yeah. Now, if he wants to stay, that's that's all him, and he should, I think. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see how many teams you know fight for Dan Quinn. They got to keep him away from Denver, who's you know also you know in the, kind of interviewing him. He's kind of a front runner for the Denver Broncos, which I I hope doesn't happen because really they're a good enough team that they're only really a really good quarterback away from making the playoffs. And maybe that's just a wild card, maybe not division wise, but nonetheless they'll make the playoffs. And for and the Mike McCarthy, I like what you said, Kerry. You know Mike McCarthy from an X's and O's standpoint. Yes, he has that Super Bowl in Green Bay. He's got a nice resume. You, you sold me on that. You got me. But the thing is, is I totally agree with you. The tangibles of being a head coach, the leadership, leading of men in the locker room, discipline. I mean, being a player's coach. I mean, on the sideline, you couldn't see any awareness with him all season long. Even with his peers and the coaching staff, you just didn't see that from him a lot of the times when they gave when they gave the coach a shot. He just looked so lost out there. And I think that's why I'm advocating for a changing of leadership position for the Dallas Cowboys. And for Kellen Moore, I want to hear your guys' thoughts about this before we wrap things up is I've never seen a coach start off so high. Kellen Moore, we love you. God bless you. You are so uh, smart and fantastic. And gradually and gradually and gradually go so low. When C.D. Lamb in the playoff game, one reception, no running game. I mean, it was looking like they did no tempo. And that's what really gave the Cowboys success was the up-tempo type beat. And that wasn't there. So that's what I'm advocating for in Dallas. Any last thoughts, Carrie? Yeah, I mean, I would love to see that come back again. Um, I have a lot of family who are big-time Cowboys fans. Every Thanksgiving, we go to down to my family in Hondo, Texas, and we watch the Cowboys game because yes. they always play on Thanksgiving. Yes. And every year I see the same thing about either uh, my my uncle who's like in his 70s um, complaining about either, um, complaining about the Cowboys. I'm like, oh, how they're mediocre this year and blah, blah, blah. And they just um, rant the whole time. Yeah. I find it personally funny as a Packers fan. But, um, yeah, I would love to see that high-energy Cowboys team back again like this despite what a lot of people say Dallas 
um, the Cowboys are called America's team for yes. a reason. Yes. So it, it would be really great to see that high-energy team to come back. And if that means changing up the coaching um, coaches a little bit, I could see that happening. If it means trying um, Mike McCarthy trying to do something different, go for it. But, yeah, I would love to see that high-energy Dallas Cowboys team that, like, I also – Liked when I was younger, um, a little bit. I would love to see them come back and because it, America loves watching a good yes. Dallas Cowboys team. We love the Cowboys. I do remember Week One Thursday Night Football. You know, we turned on the the Cowboys Bucks game, and I remember watching the Cowboys offense. I was like, something seems different. Yeah, something seems different. Their caliber is just it, it, it's different this year. And that's at the beginning of the season. I was it was fun to watch the Cowboys, and I and I've never really been a huge Cowboys fan you know my family always loved the Cowboys and I I was like eh, I like the Steelers anyway <laughs> but uh it was fun to watch the Cowboys in the beginning of the season and then and then you see that slow decline like mm-hmm. you said Joseph mm-hmm. and uh and then a first round exit in the playoffs which is really just disappointing and and, and, a, and heartbreak a, and a caliber player like C.D. Lamb has one run one reception and you see that in Kellen Moore in that little drop off and it kind of scares you you know, and you you always want to. They started the season off great, and you want to keep that. And when you see declines, especially in 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 a big point in the season like the playoffs against the the Niners, uh, you don't want to see that in your in your offensive coordinator. So uh, interesting things that will be happening in Kellen Moore. I think he stays, um, but uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what he does in the next season or few that he's there yeah so many interesting things happening in the nfl plus the playoffs lots of coaches seats to be filled and to be watched and so many names to watch i mean i mean you have heinz Ward. i didn't even know like he heinz was Ward, even yeah, considered that was, like that, that is, I, I just i just saw that that's just now. crazy and you know a coach that i've always and, and we'll we'll end with this a coach that i've always and i'm a little biased i love tony dungy but if tony <laughs> dungy if jerry jones wants him Oh, man, I guarantee you we will see a different high-energy Cowboys <laughs> football team. And he brings the faith perspective, which makes me really happy because, you know, Dak is a, is a man of faith, and, and you have Tony Dungy, and it really builds that chemistry in the locker room, which they already have, and makes them special. And that's what also makes ACU special, which we talked about today. This was fun, guys. Great to have you guys on. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in. In our next episode, we are going back again to the NFL, talking about the divisional round, and we have a little nice format where we talk about the divisional round, react to it, and then we go on to the next round. But we also talk about ACU basketball. We talk about what's going on in ACU sports and maybe NFL head coaching search. Hey, maybe LeBron just traded for someone. Hey, who knows? (laughs) We'll find out soon. Thanks, guys, for tuning in, and have a great and wonderful day.